with you a thought based on something from Huttner. Uh, you know, obviously the parsha is the Sarsadibris, but we prior to the Sarsadibris we have a conversation between Kadosh Baruch Hu, Moshe Rabbeinu, Klai Yisrael, about accepting the Torah, and it, it, it's also slightly partially repeated again in the end of Parsha Mishpatim. There is a Sefer Abris, Moshe Rabbeinu reads the Sefer Abris to Klai Yisrael. Klai Yisrael says Kol Shadi Bereshem Natsa accepts the Torah, etc. So we accept the Torah. We talk about Kabbalah Satara, we receive the Torah, but it's it's more than just us receiving it, we're accepting it. So what's fascinating thing is that 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 Rufundra points out is we have there is a pr- previous conversation or previous interface about mitzvahs, which takes place within the Kosh and Noah. And Noah has given the Sheva Mitzvah in Noah. And over there there's no conversation of are you interested, not interested, yes, interested. Accepting the mitzvahs. Noah is told, "Here's the deal." Right? And these are the mitzvahs. Right? If you keep them, good. If you don't keep them, uh, not so good. Right? Over here, the, the Barsham offers the Torah to to, to, to to this nation. It's like a, it's an offering, and you could say yes, and you could say no. They said no. Kaisel said yes. But there's a, there's there's a conversation about a, a, a the idea that Kaisel is actively choosing the Torah. As a, and that seems to be something which is extraordinary to think about it. Why, why is that so? Um, so, Rav Huttner in his, his Yitzchak on Hanukkah has a long arichas about this and he talks about other places also. I think in, in Pachat Yitzchak on Shavuos he talks about it. Um, that uh, there's a difference between the, the Shav Mitzvahs and the Tariq Mitzvahs. He raises another question along these lines. In the beginning of Parshat Zerah, he says, There's multiple conversations with the Psukim which talk about this idea that the Bershom is giving us a choice and we should choose the right choice. What does the word Lefanecha mean? So uh, Rufunner understands that the fanecha that brings the sifri. It says the fanecha. I think it brings it from the sifri. The um, fanecha, not lifnei akum. Now, so the char the If if the pasuk just simply means free will, the koyach of bechira chavshes. So the, the, a non-Jews also have that in regard to their mitzvahs. They can choose to do the mitzvahs or not to do the mitzvahs. So. The concept of the redness of the fanecha is it's a toiv, it's a ra, it's not only in front of Kali Yisrael. We might have more opportunities for toiv and ra. We might be able to make better toiv and worse and, and even more evil by our, by our decisions, but it's not limited to Kali Yisrael, such a conversation. Right? The, the, they keep the mitzvahs and then they get skarnal and hapo. They don't, they get punished. So there's, there's chayim and mavis. I mean, they, they have it as, 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 as well as we do. So how do we understand that? That was the, that's the question that you're trying to address. So he addresses it with a thought comparing the the in in Parshas, in Parshas Noah after the Mabel, the Rosham has a conversation with Noah and he creates a bris. Later on in Parshas 
at the end of Parsha Lech we have a conversation between Abraham Avinu and Akadosh Baruch He also creates a bris. We find a bris taking place over here by Matan Torah as well. It's, it's the way Rashi learns that the Psukim and the other parts of Mishpatim are referring back to before Matan Torah as opposed to after Matan Torah, right? where, where the where Rambam learned. It's a, and the Psukim where they talk about the Sefer Habris, etc., which is not clearly delineated in Parsha's Yisroi, it's it's delineated then the Parsha Mishpatim, but there's a process of a bris which is taking place over here. And there's a safer habris and Klaiso's Nicholas of a bris by Kabbalah Satara, which parallels the idea of Ramavina was Nicholas with a bris with the Kodesh Borahu. But he points out that the 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 Torah, the 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 ice of the bris of Noah and the ice of the bris of Avraham are extremely different. The ice of the bris of Noah is the cash is, is the caches. And the Rabban says that the caches wasn't the new phenomenon. The, the nature that, that light would, would going through a prism is going to show a spectrum of light, white light going through a prism, existed in the Bria as well already. And the fact that you would have droplets in the air would cause that that that, that phenomenon existed already, the Rabban says. The Varsham took this this existing phenomenon and designated that as the ice bris for the the haftachah that he said, told Noach that we're going. I'm making a commitment to never destroy the world again. Avraham Avinu got a mitzvah. He got something new in conjunction with with the ice bris. The, the the so the that which is going to represent the bris wasn't an existing phenomenon. Wasn't something which existed. But rather, it was a whole new reality called Mila. It was a, it was a change in the, in the in the nature. It was something new. So, so what he suggests to say is that the Rosh created the world, and the purpose of the world is not Alam Hazeh. The purpose of the world is Alam Habo. Right? The Rosh was not created for, for Alam. The Rosh didn't create the world to get, give us Alam Hazeh. The Russian wants to be mated with us, and the greatest hatava is Elam Habor. But the Russian said the vehicle which is going to allow you to create Elam Habor is Elam Hazet. So you create your Elam Habor through Elam Hazet. So the Nevshachayim points out, it says that, um, that the council of the Schar and Ernish for mitzvahs, it's not you know, a person in, in the legal system which we have, a person. Uh, he he drives in a way which is which is criminally unsafe. It's too, so he's put in jail. There's no obvious result of A to B. Right? That the, the punishment of being put in jail is not obviously re, re, the result of this. Right? But in the world of Torah mitzvahs, that the person by by doing mitzvahs or by doing averes, he generates a, re, a, a reality of either kedusha or tuma. Which that itself is going to be the reward or the punishment which he's going to get after Elam when he dies. It says the neshama is pained tremendously by tumor. And a beira is tumor. That tumor is in the world because of me, because of the beira that I did. So my neshama is going to have to deal with that reality that I created. So in other words, I don't feel that. The, the, it, it, the body around me doesn't allow the, my, my neshama to be aware of the pain of having that tumor. 
when the body is taken away and the shama is standing by itself and it touches tuma, it's it, it has tremendous pain from it. That's Gehenim. The person creates kedusha. The neshama creates relax. Re, says so. So the Bereshit created a world where the schar that I'm getting, I actually generate. So I don't feel bad about it. I'm getting a matana. It's not it's not a free handout, which I'd be embarrassed with. I actually generate the schar. I also generate the arnish. That reality is tied to the mitzvahs of the Tiger mitzvahs. So if you look at the difference between the, the Zion mitzvahs of Benayinoyach and the Tiger mitzvahs, the Shemitz of Benayinoyach are primarily, we've spoken about this before, their, their purpose is maintenance. There's six lois says and one ase. There's six lois says don't, don't kill, don't steal, don't do what is right. Don't do, don't do all these things. What's the positive commandment? Create courts. We'll make sure that you do this. Do this. Don't do the six. So there's nothing. They have no action that they have to do. They just have. Don't mess up the world. So the ice for that is something which exists. There is there is a keshes, which exists already. We're not creating anything new. The mitzvahs aren't for the purpose. They're not creative mitzvahs. Their purpose is just maintenance. So the simon for that is something which exists already. The, what the Bershom offered to Ramavino, what he's offering Klai Yisrael, is that I'm going to make you the Bailim over creating something. You're going to become the, the one who has the power to do that. To get that power, you have to be, you have to create it, which means, and, and it says, and the first step means to show that it means you have to decide you want it. So there's an idea of a choice. We're given a choice. Do you want the Torah or not? No, it's not given a choice. Do you want the mitzvahs or not? The, the, oh, the, the reality exists. The need for the reality to maintain exists. Your job is don't mess it up. So I choose not. Okay, you, you could practically you have, you have you have free will and you could choose to do that. But I don't need your input to create the mitzvah because the mitzvah isn't a creative concept that it's going to create some result. There's something new being created. But the whole purpose of the mitzvah is just to keep the old. The old already exists. I don't need you for that. But if we're gonna, the idea is that we're going to be creative and create something new. So you are now are given the power to create. So the first step is that the power to create means you have to. You're going to be given the power. If you don't choose it, in a certain sense, you didn't. You chose not to create. So there has to be a kabbalah on the side of the Jew. So the Jew. The, 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 decides he wants this. So Russian says the simmer for that is that we're going to create a new reality called Mila. I mean, there's the, 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 the ice for the bris is that there's going to be that we now have a new way to interface with the world which will change the nature of man like to be machlish as of taiva and make him more kavish. So that's going to be the, that, that's the perfect symbol for that, this idea that you've committed to a relationship where you are now a partner with the Kodesh Baruch Hu in creating Olam Haba. So the same thing is true about the Torah. That is, is, is told that from this point onwards, you become the the, man, the, the one who's creating. So the Medrash says that there was, that, that why, why do we say Hodu, the, the long, long Hodu, how it's called how it's called how a godel. There are six the twenty six psukim kilolam chastoy. 
says that corresponds to the 26 generations of the world before Matan Torah. 26 generations, there was nobody in the world who was generating a came to the world. It just was existing. So each generation needed a special chetzer from the world to exist. So from that point onwards, the Russian put, created the machine which allows you to create something. So now it's the difference between giving a person a handout or, get, or giving him a factory. So he can generate his pranosa. So now you're going to generate the pranosa. So there's no need for a chesed anymore. The chesed was set in place and it's going to be an ongoing reality. But, that, but for, for that to be true, for this to work, that you're going to be the one who's, who's the creator now, you have to decide to be a creator. So Kleisler has to has to agree to it. So he says like this. He wants to be with this a concept from a Ramban. And I think this is the point I want to get to. I mean, well, I want to say what he says about the Ramban, and then the point that be misbarnan and from from that. So again, I mentioned to the sometimes Rabbi Miller Zatzal would say this year, after forty minutes to say, okay, now we get to tonight's topic, after forty minutes into this year, you know, like so okay. Um there's a fascinating Ramban at the beginning of in his Akdomati, a Sefer Mohammed. So I mentioned this to you before, right? The Mohammed, the Ramban wrote the Mohammed as a defense for the Rif against the attacks of the, of the Balamor. Uh, he wrote a Sefer called Sefer Askuz as the defense of the Rif against the attacks of the Rivet. He wrote the Sefer of his on the on the Raman's Sefer Mitzvah as, as a defense of the Raman's attacks against the Baha'i. So he was he felt that was his role to do that. He writes in his introduction to the Sefer Muhammad that it's Yudu'a it's it's a known fact to all of those who learn Gemara that we don't have a Mephis we don't have any final proofs like you find in the world of of geometry and in and in, and in engineering. It says we don't have Right? That's what he writes. So the Shaila is like, so at, at, at first glance, that seems to be this expressing a deficiency on the part of Talmud. Says these things, they're, they're exact sciences with a with a final, a true final answer. And over here, it's like you know, it's fuzzy. You know, yeah, yeah, in this way, that way. You know, like you know, the two opinions, five opinions, seventeen opinions. You know. What I'm going to do, sort of like this. It sounds like, you know, it, 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 in some ways denigrating the Torah. But from, from the Ramban, it's clear that that's not his point. So, so what's, what's that, what, what is the message of this Ramban? So, um, the world of which exists is a reality. The sciences, their job is to analyze the reality. The reality exists. So there's one answer. If you don't know the answer, it means you haven't finished your analysis. Maybe you don't, we don't have the tools to make the analysis. Maybe there's more information that we need. But the bottom line is the analysis is not complete. So the, the lack of understanding, get, getting a one final answer indicates that you haven't really done your job well. 
and when you get the final answer, the one final answer, I mean, you, the, assuming that you know it's done correctly, is because you come to a true analysis of the reality which exists. But the reason why that's possible is because we're discussing something which exists already. The version says that the version of the world has a purpose, and the 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 vehicle which is going to bring the world to its purpose is Torah mitzvahs. And each person is given Torah and mitzvahs as a vehicle for him to use them through his lifetime, through the opportunities that he goes through, the situations that he comes up, he will find the direction of the Torah of how to deal with them and create the Kedusha which will eventually bring the world to its purpose and bring his own personal life to its purpose, its and the world to its final purpose. But it's a fascinating thing. There's a concept called El Wele Dibur which is what Ramban is sort of talking about. What's shot on that? So, so the card of the shot on that is like this that the Bershom hid in the Torah answers for every single situation. So, how do you do that? So, he made my Neshama and the Torah to be working on one wavelength. So I can, once I've tuned my neshama in to the Torah, I can hear in the Torah the answers to what I need to know. But are all neshamas on the same wavelength? The answer is no, they're not. The person's nature, his upbringing, his culture, his learning, his background, everything is going to come together to, to, to allow me to look into the Torah and see an insight of the Torah which somebody else doesn't see. Because the Torah is creative. The goal over here is to, is to create the situation which does not exist yet, the Kedusha which does not exist yet, but we're going to use the Torah to create something which is new. It's not there yet. The Russian says, well, how are we going to do that? Well, we can make you all automatons, and we're all going to have the same situation, etc. That's not how he did it. He did it that each person has his chalik and Torah, which means the Bershom hid in the Torah, as it were, the hints that only I'm going to find, because, and, and then he gave me a life which, uh, which my intelligence, my upbringing, my, my, the way I look at things, everything like that, which will allow me to have that insight in the Torah, which will then be able to generate that Kedusha which has to be generated. So I'm part of the equation. So of course there's not one answer. But doesn't that tell you the godless of Torah that it, it, it is so big that it allows for each person to be part of the equation and still be called the, the Shem's Torah? That's the godless of Torah. That's what the Ramban is saying. So I can look at Torah as the Ramban and say, I work, I know through my knowledge of everything that is a Torah and my, my nature that he gave me and my background and my rebellion and my experiences, this is what I see that the Torah is saying. And it's 100% true. And the, and the comes along the Baltimore and says, no, it's not. He says, and mine is 100%. And they're both right. That's not a weakness. If you want to compare it to the sciences, but the sciences is the reason why they can be so confident about a final answer because all they're discussing is about what was already. They're not making anything new. All they are is talking about the past. So the past exists already. So there's one answer: what 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 existed. So if because we, we, we have different we have two different answers: what existed. What does that mean? 
but if we're not talking about the past, we're talking about we're going to make something new that doesn't exist yet. The, the Karach of Torah is that we can generate Kedusha, which is not here yet. So, and each person is given their vehicle to find you through the Torah and through the mitzvahs to generate that Kedusha, which they're given. So, yeah, we don't, we don't have that answer because it's not here yet. When will we have that answer? When the world comes to its final, final purpose, Mashiach comes, and there's the final moment, which the Zohar says that you know, that world's going to end, and then the Shamas will move on to some other reality beyond that. At that moment, then it'll be like the sciences. Everything's done. And let's analyze what is. So then, then, then we're looking at Torah from a totally different vantage point than we are, we are as we're living through it. So the fascinating thing, which example of this, just to try and concretize, make it more concrete. Right? A person learns Chumash, and he goes through stages of life, and he starts seeing different messages in the Chumash he didn't see when he was younger. Right? It, it starts talking to him differently. He, he sort of like he appreciates nuances we didn't notice before. Right? What's shot? What happened? Well, his life experience allowed him to have another vehicle how to look, understand what the Torah is saying. He added more maturity, knowledge, depth, understanding, right? because his life experiences are part of Torah. Everything I went through is, a, is, a, is a, the version gave to me as part of what it means of Jews going through a life with Torah, trying to translate the Torah into life, life into Torah. It's a Taras Chaim. It's, it, it's a, it, it can't be finite. It, it's, gonna, it's going to, you know, it, it sort of... I'll, I'll, it's not new. The words are the same. Okay, let me try to, let me try to different way of saying it. Ripchatzel, I had this argument. I learned Ripchatzel one time. Ripchatzel was writing about a piece, a Chazal, and... Um, Okay, let me let me let me go back a step. Revolve in his introduction to Ali Shur, Chelik Beis, quotes a piece from the Alta from Kellum. He says that Maimer Chazal is like a star, and Musr is the telescope which allows you to see the star, because the star is a little pinprick of light. You don't you don't really see what it really looks like. But there's really a gigantic star there. The better your telescope is, the more you're able to see what the reality, the true reality, of what is there. So imagine, so, he's, so, so he continues right there, and he says, um, that the the morale says that the difference between learning Hilchus and learning Agadatza is that Hilchus. The derech to come to a true understanding of Hilchosa, the parts of which are which of the of, of the Torah, which are to give us the halacha part, is through kusha materials, is through through the, the back and forth of, of questioning. It says and agadata is not through that. That's not how you learn agadata. Right? The ad khan morale. Of course, the morale stops there and doesn't explain anymore. So Revolva quotes this piece from the Alter Mekelem to explain it. He says, you have a choice to understand it through Kabbalah. It's one option. The second option is to understand it through Musa. And then he quotes this. this, this, this. So I, I, 
I understand that with the following story. I was looking at a piece from Chatzkel about a Chazal. And he says that this Chazal is talking about the Mida of Anava. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, I don't feel convinced that that Chazal is talking about Anova. I could have, I have, have other interpretations about that Chazal. And then I realized that what Chazal was saying was the following. Imagine a person um, spent seven years of his life working on Anova. Right? He recognizes the challenges of being a Balgaiva, and he learns Chazal, he learns Musr about it, and he works on himself and he contemplates it, and he comes to try to insights and understanding about Anova. He opens up a Gemara, and he reads the Chazal, and says, oh my gosh, the Chazal is talking about Anova. How did he see that? Because he had this phenomenal big telescope which allowed him to see that, that that's what Chazal was talking about. Because all of his work, and his insight into the world of Anova, through his work and his experiences, etc., allowed him to see that that's what it's talking about. Comes a guy who never worked on Anova, says, I don't know, I'm not convinced... Bring me a proof. I, I hold like this. Let's discuss it. Let's bring questions and answers to prove it. He says, it's, 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 it's clear as night and day. They're talking about Anova. You and Pasha don't have, don't have glasses to see it because you don't know what Anova is. You've never experienced Anova. So how can I explain it to you? Right? So a person, I, I want to sit there and explain to a, a person never been married what marriage feels like. So I, I give him an explanation. He says, maybe like this. I think like, uh, like when you when you experience marriage, you understand what marriage is. Until you experience marriage, you can't understand what it means, the bonding between two, two parties to that extent. I'm sorry. I can't explain it to you. Ah, oh, it's a right, you don't understand it. Because the Rechaim Rishu says, if you can't explain it, it's a right, you don't understand it. This is felt in Hasmara, it's felt in Havana. Right? So I once asked somebody, he says, you know, somebody tells me, he says, do you know what the color red looks like? Can you explain it to somebody? Well, if, it's, if, if you can't explain it, it's right. You don't understand it. <laughs> what a love! And then I said, I said, okay. Once he, once he was still reeling from that, I said, what a love! Have you ever experienced love? Explain it to a person who never felt love. What love feels like? You know, clearly, you don't know what love is because if you can't explain it, you don't understand it. So the, the answer is when you're discussing something which is totally in the world of intellectual. And you, I say, I, I sort of understand what the Gemara is saying. The Gemara is discussing Chazaka. Chazal Moshanim is an intellectual endeavor of understanding it. I sort of get it. You know, if you sort of get it, you don't really get it. If you can't explain it, it means you don't really understand it 100%. Right, good, fine. Explaining, applying that to the, 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 the experiential realities, which the Torah addresses as well, you're foolish. The Bereshim created a part of the Torah that you, that, that the part of life, which Torah addresses life, but the way you understand this part of Torah, how it's addressing life, is by through experiential, experientially. So if you've worked on a novel, which is part of living a life, you understand that this Chazal is telling you a message on how to deal with a novel. If you never dealt with a novel, you can't understand what Chazal is talking about. And that's what, that was what Altimus Kalam was saying. If you don't have a telescope to see the star, it looks like a little pinprick. I'm not sure what it is. I, 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 th- I hold that really is, it's a painting on the sky. Prove me wrong. Can you prove me wrong? The life, the life experience is part of the telescope. So, Rukhatskel is saying it in the sense of, you know, if, if I'm working on, on Amida, but it's not limited to Amida. 
everything which we, we live through is part of how the Barashim is giving us the vehicle to understand things. So all of that is part of our telescope. Torah is, is, is a Torah's kind. As I try to go through life and understand life, I understand the Torah is talking to life. If I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a 10 year old, I don't understand what life is about. So the, how is Torah addressing life? I'm, I can be the most brilliant kid in the world, but if the words don't make any sense. I don't know what life is. I don't know what, what pain is. I don't know what simcha is. I don't know what, what, what bonding is. I don't know what jealousy is. I don't know what any of these things are. That the Torah is addressing all that. Ah, yeah. It says Losachmo. What does Losachmo mean? Until you've grappled with jealousy, you don't understand what Losachman is. Right? So you've, you've worked on that and you've experienced it and you, then you, you've worked on yourself to deal with it and then you look at the Ramban and the Ramban says, oh, that's what the Ramban is saying. You can read the words, you don't really get what the Ramban is saying until you've experienced it. It's not an intellectual endeavor. It's an experiential endeavor. That's what, that's what Revolva is saying. So, the, the, which, but the second half of the conversation now is, my life experiences allow me to under, get a, a message in this Chazal which my life experiences are, are unique to me. So I get the message which nobody else is going to get. That's what the Ramban is saying. And that's what the Bashar Dafka made the world like that. For, to, that I, I'm going to be a... And, and that's what it means that, that Kleisel becomes a... The Bershom, the Torah could have an interesting book independent of my existence. But the Bershom didn't make it like that. He made it that I am actually part of the building process. So he made a world which I'm going to therefore have the a whole slurry of different things which are going to come together, whether it's my whether my, it's my intelligence, it's my upbringing, it's my culture, it's it's my my the, what I've been exposed to, the, the people that I've met, the, the the situations that I've been through in my life. All of that is going to give me allow me to then pull out that nugget which the Torah is talking about, and I created it. it wasn't there until I, I it wasn't finalized until I brought it out. So it's new. So come along someone says, I, I think it's saying something else. They're both right. Prove it. You need a Moifus Of course you don't need Moifus It's something which is which is dead. It's about a dead it's about the past. It's not a it's not a living being which is growing. It's, there's a there's a Something which is living and growing and developing. Where's the Moifus You know, you could take a slice of life and say this is where it's at right now, but a minute tomorrow it's gonna to be it's gonna be beyond that. So that's what it means that Kleisel got a bris. The bris is there where there's two partners. The, the bris of Noyach was, I'm committing, the Russian says, I'm committing on my side. I'm not going to mess up the world as long as you don't mess up the world. So it's all about past tense. The world exists. You don't mess it up. I won't mess it up. That's, all, that's the whole bris. The bris of Torah is, Radiance is not the Fenecha, it's a Chaim, it's a Toivus, it's a Mavis, it's a rather version saying, Kaiso, I gave a whole new level of, uh, of, 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 of power, of Bechira, not the Bechira of choosing between the, re, the two realities of the past. Yes to destroy or not to destroy. Yes to maintain, not to maintain. But yes to create or not to create. That's the Chaim that the Pesach is referring to. That's the type of the Pesach is referring to. That's only given the Fenecha in front of Klai Yisrael. So, I, you know, we, we, so I was thinking of, now this might be homiletical already. So far this has been like, you know, I think, I think it's, uh, and, and, you know, again, it's, it's my experience, my insight. So this is what I'm seeing, you know, 
but part of your experience on the inside is me. So, right? Um, you know, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I mean it seriously. That's also part of what it is. You know, the people which we're exposed to is part of what the Russian plan for my life life experiences to allow me to, to understand things. And uh, you know, and if a person will be honest, you can you can sometimes actually even see that. Like Revolver writes a fascinating thing. He, he, he says Ali Shur Kelly Bays. He says he writes in the introduction is it's a different flavor than Ali Shur Kelly, which it is. He says because Rafutner moved to Eretz Israel, and he decided to make Rafutner his rebbe. And Rafutner was not much not, old, not much older than him, but he decided it's appropriate to have a rebbe. He took Rafutner's rebbe, and, and he, they learned together Bechurusa once a week. And he says the Hashpah of Hutner has changed the different aspects of how I look at things. So that was part of now. He was given a new way of looking at things because he had a new Rebbe at the age of 80 years old, you know, you know, 75 years old. I tell you a fascinating story. This is, this is totally parenthetical on that, that Rabbi Lyman shared with me that Revolva once shared with, he heard like, um, I think he heard from Revolva, one of Revolva's Talmudim, Revolva shared that it, once he said to Rav Hutner that they learned together every week, he told him, he told him Yeshakayach. So Rav says, I don't deserve a Yeshakayach. He says, you know, I want to say thank you for learning with me. He says, the Russian made a chain of Masara, which goes from Harsinai till the end of the days. I'm a link in the chain, and you're a link in the chain. Does one link in the chain say thank you to the next link? Says I'm fulfilling my role to be a link in the chain by giving it over to you. So my thank you is to you as much as your thank you is to me because we're, we're two links in a chain. That was what Rav Hutner answered. That's an extraordinary thought. Just uh, it's parenthetical a little bit. But, you know, but, all right. Um, right. So we have kolshad dibreshem nasa. And then, uh, which is which we, we have in Parshas Yisroi, then in Parshas Mishpatim, Christ says twice, "Kolshir di Rashem Nasa, Kolshir di Rashem Nasa v'Nishma." Right. So, so her says, David, you were waiting for her, right? So her says, right? What's what's the repetition? What is that? What is adding? Nasa ben Ishma adding the second time. So, Chazal, one of the Pshatim and the Rishonim say that it's referring to Tarsha Balpeh. So there's Nasa, and then there's Shmiya. There's there's hearing. Right. So obviously the point of Tarsha Balpeh is done through Shmiya. Shmiya is a fascinating thing. That that the Kach of Shmiya, in a certain sense, is stronger than the Kach of Riyah. Because I'll say that a person blinds somebody else, he pays him for the loss of his eyesight. Person goes and somebody causes him to become deaf, so he pays to make kuloi. That's total destruction of a human being, the lack of shmiyah. So I always grapple with that. You know, we always said that 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 sight is a much stronger sense than 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 hearing, and it is, and that's exactly the problem. It allows for much less human input than hearing. When I hear, I'm assimilating, and I'm understanding. 
And we use the word for Shema, for hearing and for, for understanding. Re'iya, it's given me with such clarity, I'm not really the one who's interpreting. So I'm not part of the picture. Shmi'ah is, is describing when the, when the human being is a part of the transaction. He's part of the picture. So Ramosha Shapiro, in his introduction to, uh, in, his, I'm sorry, in his approbation to the Fike Mayim, so it was written by his Talmud. And um, Ruben Schmelzer, and he asked Ramosha Shapiro for a, for a uh, Haskalma. So Ramosha writes the Haskalma, the, the whole saber is worth it for the Haskalma, the letter for the Haskalma. He writes that I've already told you that when, when, when there's speech is taking place, there are two parties to the speech. There's the speaker and the listener. Without a listener, it's not speech. It's not communicating. So you're as much an, an, an owner of the Divrei Torah as I am, because we're both partners in the Divrei Torah. The only thing that I, that I have a right to say is I have to, but you, I, you have to hear what I said. In other words, maybe you're totally misunderstanding what I'm saying. So you're, because I'll come that, I, that you're, what you're saying, that you heard it correctly. But now that you heard it correctly, you own it as ownership belongs to you as much as it belongs to me. That's what he writes. I want to use that to be master Shemei Ka'ina. that the Shemei has the same status in Alocha as the one who's speaking. Because the whole mile of, of, of the act of speaking is that it, it's communicating. Right? The, the flip side of that, as I always tell the Chassanim, I point out to them that communication is not what you said, it's what the other person heard. I don't care what you said, what you communicate is what the other person heard. So the other person is, is, is a bilim in the picture. So Nasab and Nishma is because it, it leaves, it allows the, the hearer to be part of the process. See, it's not just you clearly told me what to do and, I'm, and all I'm is doing it. I'm not part of the process. I'm a Shermeya means I'm part of the process. So what the second Deber was adding to Klaus was adding that we are ready to be partners in the process. And that's called Shadirash and Nasa and that's what, what, what Tarshim pays. Tarshim Ksav, it's a written, it's written, it's, it, it, it's, it's given to us to some level of finality. And even that, we, 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 we get greater insight. In. But Tarshim Al-Peh, the whole process is the human being is part of the process. That's the whole point. Um... I'll just tell you a base of then a little bit. And the base of has a gorgeous piece, base of in Droshas. In, in, in his Shubas base of he has printed also Droshas. So one of the Droshas, he says, he's Mazbar Chazal. Chazal say that um, after the Shriya Saluchas, Moshe Rebbe comes up to Shemayim to write the second Luchas. So he, um, after he's finished writing, so there was, there's was a tipas left in the kumas, and he was hevro ponov. He 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 put the tipas on on his head, and from that it came the, the came the the the, the kikarner ponov. That came the the kernayim of hoid the Moshe Benel's 
shine of glory came from that 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 zio. See, what does it mean? There's a tipus yon neshavakum. There's an extra piece of ink. So by human beings, there's such a concept. We're talking about. We're not talking about a real ink. We're talking about in Shemayim. There's a music of of recording, and there's something left over. What's left over? What does that mean? There's something left over. What does it mean that he put it on his head, and that's why his current there's. So because I'll say that no nation would have had power over Klai Yisrael. also say that um, that the creases bris between Klai is with Tarshav Alpen, not with Tarshav So he suggests, he says, Tarshav Tarshav the, the nations have, get, have, have attempted to claim for themselves. It, it belongs to them. It's, the, the Bible really is there. Once it's written, it's, it, it's, it's potentially able to be claimed. Tarshav is given in a way that can, you can't claim it. Mashrabeinu understood Klaiso was got a machila. So he had hoped that, that we're going to, as it were, write everything down because there's no need. We're, 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 we're going to be safe. So you can write the Tarshav Peh as well. Rosh said, no, no, no. That has to remain in Balpeh. Because if it's going to be Bechsav, the Umas will claim it. So that's going to be, so where's it going to be written? Put that in you. That's the Tibet Zio which is left over. He expected to write more. He had hoped to write the Torah Shabal Peh in the Torah as well. There's no need to achieve Shabal Peh. It should be clearly Kodesh Baruch giving it. He said, no, no, no. The, from this point onwards, it has to be, that has to be part of you. So um, the Umas can never claim that. That, that that's unique to Klaiso's Neshama. That what, what whatever happens, so the, so the the creases bris with Klaiso's and Tarshav because we we are a partner in the Tarshav Alpet. Then he steps us up right because I'll say when that Moshe Rabbeinu saw the Osias Parkas by the Luchas Rishon and he broke them, he says that, that they were they were heavy. He says what happened was that in, in the, the first Ksiva of the Tarshav Alpet was written Bixav. When the Klai was Chayte, the Tarshav Alpeh left the Luchas. That's the Osius Barfus. And now the Torah became heavy. You cannot keep the Tarshav Shiksav without Tarshav Alpeh. It's, 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 it's unwieldy. So he broke the Luchas. And that's why he had hoped to rewrite it a second time. He says, no, no, no. From this point, there's going to be a different type of relationship. You're part of the equation. But the remnant of that is, called Shadim is that Klai the Shmiya of Klai is part of the process. It, it leaves it to be, as opposed to Re'iya, which you're just observing a reality which exists. So, Tarsha Biksav, you read what's there. Tarsha Balpeh, to a certain sense, you become part of the process. So, that's the Matona that Bresham gave to Klai, so that we're part, we are part of the process. And the point of that is that, therefore, what we're generating is ours. It's truly ours. So, we feel good. When we get our Eskara Mahaba, it's not a Matana. We made it. And that's the Aftar Hashem is offering to Klai so that we're, we're entering a new relationship that you are now going to, be, going to be the ones to actually create the reality of the Bria. And therefore, that you're, that when you get it at the end, you're going to be feel good about it. And that's something which Klai has to choose that they want such a thing. Because the whole point is that they, they, is, it's their input. So that it has to be done with a choice, with the input. Without input, it doesn't. It's not going to work. It's, it's be antithetical to the whole concept.
That's why Kaisel was given a choice. Kaisel's response is, Yes, we're going to be part of the process. That's what I wanted to say.